Welcome to the Big Careers Small Children podcast. My name is Verena Hefti. I believe that no one should have to choose between becoming a CEO and enjoying their young children. For far too long, brilliant people have found themselves stuck on the career ladder when they have children, which leads to gender inequality and the same stale, mostly male, middle-class people leading our organizations. We need to change this. And in fact, my hope is that many of you listening now to this podcast will progress to the most senior leadership roles possible, where you make decisions that make our world a better place for next generations and especially for the next generation of parents. Beyond the podcast, I am the CEO and founder of the Social Enterprise Leaders Plus. If you want support from brilliant like-minded peers, join events or find out our world-class career development program, the Leaders Plus Fellowship Program, then sign up to our monthly newsletter on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. By 3rd of October, you can apply for our fellowship for ambitious working parents in the NHS. It's our first sector-specific fellowship program and also will open applications in 2023 for our cross-sector fellowship to support working parents who are ambitious in their careers. Many of you have told me that guilt is a challenge you're struggling with. And so I thought a really helpful way might be to bring together a special compilation episode for you with key snippets, advice, and really useful reflections from previous podcast episodes. I hope you enjoy it and do let me know what you think. First, we hear from Wendy Merricks, the CEO and founder of Jumar, a group of companies in the IT sector and a senior leader mentor on the Leaders Plus Fellowship Program. She talks about working normal hours. You don't have to do those hours. And I think even without children, even without a family, things have improved to the point where you're not expected to do 12 to 15 hour days just to prove yourself. I think in, you know, in time gone by, it was always felt that women probably had to work a bit hard because they had more to prove that they had to sort of stand up to their sort of male peers in order to say, look, I deserve this promotion because I'm always the first here. I'm always the last to leave. And that's just all presenteeism. And just generally in the workplace, we've all learned a lot more about that nowadays. And we know that it's not presenteeism is not necessary for you to be successful in a role. You can be just as successful just doing your normal, whatever your hours are. If your hours are nine to 5.30, you should be able to get within your working day what you need to do. It's just about really good time management and having a culture in an organization that expects you should be able to deliver your job within that time. So I worked those kind of hours because it was what everybody else did in the organization. But as I was the only female in our team at the time, I just felt that it was expected that I had to match the hours that the men did. But if I was in that situation now, I wouldn't feel that pressure. And certainly within my organization, it's not expected that people have to work extra hours. In fact, we look out for it and make sure that people who do have families, male or female, they do have families, that they have that work-life balance. And that's one thing that I'm really proud of that we've achieved. But I think we promoted that within our organization because I know just how tough it is. And it's about getting rid of that feeling, that constant feeling of guilt 
all the time, that you feel like you should be in the office, that you know you should be starting earlier and working later. It really isn't necessary. And if there's somebody listening to this that feels that that's what they're having to do in order to be taken seriously or in order to be considered for that next promotion, then that organisation is not supporting them in a way that they should be supported when they're trying to juggle a family and a career. The next snippet is from a conversation I had with Michelle Mitchell OBE, the CEO of Cancer Research UK. Quite a lot of our fellows do say that guilt is an ever-present feeling they have. Are you someone who doesn't experience parenting guilt or guilt of not doing that extra 120% because you are having dinner with your children? Guilt about work? No, never. I give a huge amount to work, so I don't feel guilty about that. You know, I'm pretty disciplined about it. Guilt about being not a good enough parent or not doing enough? Mostly no, actually. Mostly no. And I've got a few reasons why I say that. I mean, I talk to my children about my work a lot and try to involve them in my work where I can, whether that's coming to a fundraising event or talking about an issue that's come up or, you know, watching the news with them, talking about the science, talking about what happens in my day. And they're very proud of what I do and give me a huge amount of support and understanding I need to do my job. So so that's a really important dynamic for me. They're involved. They understand what I do. They feel proud of what I do and they support me. If those things weren't in place, I think I might feel quite differently about it. Occasionally, you know, I have used a number of tricks to make myself feel better in them, particularly, you know, at very, very busy periods or, you know, I'm pretty organised and if I've made a commitment to my children, I keep it, you know, whether that is going to sports day or picking them up and having friends over a play day or, you know, parents evening or saying we'll do something. I absolutely meet those commitments. I was often the only one of the few women parents at football on the 1st of February, you know. (laughs) You tended to get more in the summer, in the summer months, as I was wearing my husband's puffer and his hat and his scarf and salopettes or something. They genuinely think I'm interested in them and their hobbies, even when secretly I'm not in that on a February in the snow. But intense periods of time or international travel, you know, I've always, which now is much easier, but FaceTime them, sent them messages myself written them notes, postcards. But I used to do this thing, because we haven't done it for nearly a year, haven't travelled with work for a long time, is write notes for my children in their bedroom and hide them. And so each day they had to find a note, which was a little love letter from their mummy to them. And just those tiny little things, I feel, have kept the engagement and the connection up so they know I'm thinking about them when I'm working. And, you know, as I said earlier, try to have an open house when I'm not working. So the children feel this is a place for them and their friends. And, you know, I grew up with a household like that. I'm keen they feel that too. And I enjoy the friendships with their friends too. So I get a lot out of it, actually. This clip was from episode 52. Next up is Laura Harrison, another senior leader mentor on the Leaders Plus Fellowship Programme. And... A former HR director and currently co-founder of the Human Change Agency about feeling guilty 
about the working arrangements that you have, be that full-time or part-time. We feel guilty for one, asking for part-time work for a senior role and two, grateful for being granted part-time in a senior role. So we have to just drop that. So how? Well, I suppose it depends a little bit on how you're wired as an individual, isn't it? So if you're a very data rational person, then look at the evidence, you know, look at the Pareto analysis or something, look at the 80-20 rule and remind yourself that it's not that residual 20% of effort from you that makes a difference, right? So if that's the way that you're wired, then work with the data. If you're very emotionally connected to your team and, and you feel that they need you and that's what's holding you in the office you have to challenge that because you know you've got your family as well and your team need to learn to stand without you because you know it's work and they might leave and you might leave you know so challenge yourself on that and if it's that dreadful awful feeling that you know you just have to show that you're always there. You know, I have to be on my emails. I have to be the first or the second to reply to the really annoying round robin email at 8pm at night. You know, and, and if you don't, that you have that very deep, you know, I mean, it's, it's not about sort of getting therapeutic on a podcast, but I think you have to look at that and just sort of say, goodness me, and I've been through this in my life. Trust me, I'm not speaking as someone who's always lived their life in some perfectly time-managed way. Not at all. I've tried all the different versions of part-time, this, that, and the other. But you have to sort of say, you know, what is the cost of this to me that I'm trying to show up? Maybe the same way as I tried to show up very diligently and conscientiously at school, But actually, I'm going to look around me at most of the men in this organization who are working part time, because most of the time they're just standing in the corridors talking about how important they are. But they're getting paid full time wages and they're not worried about all these things that I'm worried about. So come on, you know. So I think you have to kind of reflect on what's the root cause for you and what's going to be persuasive to you. But you have to do that work. I think it's just so important. Otherwise, you will go mad. And burnout is real. We know that. Absolutely. This clip was from episode 42. Next up are two of our fellows who are talking to each other about being perfect all the time and feeling rubbish sometimes, especially during times such as the primary school transition. Um, it's Lucy Duchak and Zuhana Ahmed. Something that we speak about as a group and as part of this fellowship is about banishing that mum or dad guilt. We're all very always trying to be the perfect mother and the perfect worker and I think you know sometimes things happen where you can't always be that perfect mother for example if you've got to work away for a few days you can't be there to collect your child and something has to give sometimes so just having that reassurance that you can't do it all and you can't do it all perfectly all the time. I guess from my point of view I think This is the first step in a longer journey. So I sort of find that it's a bit like they say, everything's a phase, don't they? It's a bit like nothing is static with a child. It's always dynamic. So this will work for a while, but then actually in six months time, when they're off sick, you then run into another problem and you then have the conversation with your husband or your partner saying, but I can't take the day off, but I can't take the day. So there is things always change. It's knowing that. So just because something works right now doesn't mean it's going to work forever because I really do think that things change and you sort of have to adapt to that as a parent, I think, in terms of your profession and personally. And it is really emotionally difficult 
the whole thing. So don't pretend it isn't. There are aspects of it that emotionally I sort of wish that I had been more open about the fact that I really struggled, you know, and then sort of six months in when Daniel said he was being bullied, I struggled again, you know, and I tried to hide it, but I should have just told people that it was really difficult and it was really hard. This was from episode 46 on preparing for primary school transition. Next up is Amy Gibbs, at the time CEO of the charity Birthrights, who talks about setting boundaries. I'm trying to be really explicit with external people too, that I'm not around on Friday. Because I think when I first was working in this more part-time way, I almost felt a bit guilty about it, especially for kind of external partners. So if they said, oh, can you meet on Friday? I would like try and find a way to meet on Friday and have you, you know, do it walking around the park with Jude in the buggy or Felix in the buggy at the time. And then I would get into that cycle where I'd feel frustrated because I wasn't doing either thing very well. And I hate doing calls when the kids like important big calls where I have to think really hard. I don't, I can't do those with the children in the background. I can't do media work, can't do this kind of thing. So I'm trying, so I'm trying to be much harder with my external boundary too. It's true. And it's weird how kids will always pick, they might be quiet all morning, but if you do make the mistake of arranging a call, it will be exactly in those 10 minutes. Yeah. Or you'll, you'll think, right, well, I've got nap time, 12 to 2, so you'll book a call at half 12, and that'll be the day they don't go down for their nap. They definitely can sense your stress, <laughs> and in my experience anyway. So, yeah, I've, I've learned that it's in my control and it's my choice to say yes or no to some of those things. You know, occasionally it is completely unavoidable. But most things, especially on a Friday, like a lot of people don't work Fridays or they finish, you know, finish early or they're going away for the weekend. Like I have learned I have to take control of that and also send a really important message to the team and to external partners that we all work part time at Birthrights. And if you get in touch with us on a day we're not in, we will come back to you when we can. Or there are other people in that can pick up things. You know, there's enough of us that we can get back to people. So, And I think the way that you're describing it to me, you almost got, it sounds like you got over this idea that you have to work all the time and be present all the time in order to do a good job. So you've doubled the organization size in three years, which means you have done a pretty good job because it sounds like you helped twice as many women um, like me, which is fantastic. And you've done that, even though you must have said no every so often to an important call or controlled yourself not to check this email to see whether this partner goes back to you that you were nervous about. And I think that's a really big shift in mind. And we do have, especially in a system that's imperfect, where you still do have quite a lot of ex- people expecting that you work from nine to five, Monday to Friday. You really made that shift and you're leading by example for others, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give the impression that I've got it nailed because as my team will say, I sometimes email them on a Friday when I shouldn't or I check something because I'm nervous about it. But I try very hard with that visible leadership. You know, I might know that for my anxiety, it's better to just check whether someone's responded to something or that a team member has done something, say, that I've asked them to do. But I try not to then get into my inbox or reply to people because then they think you're there and then it kind of generates, it's self-generating, isn't it? So I'm trying to be very clearly not around on a Friday. I don't work and I'm, you know, I'm paid a 0.8 contract. So I'm actually not working on a Friday. I'm not paid to work that day and and it's not a compressed contract. So um, it is really important. And I suppose the other thing I'd say is that 
you know, it doesn't always work. So I'm trying to protect my own boundaries to send the right message to the team and to the, the sector that you can work part time. And as you say, you know, I'm really proud of what Birthrights has achieved and, and we all work part time. It's such an amazing message to say that we do all this. We've delivered so much support and change, um, particularly in the pandemic. And that's been powered by part time women. We happen to all be women and we almost all of us have children. And that is amazing. That is the power of what part time working can achieve. But the challenge on the other side is that I know we all work a bit too hard and Whilst we're all part time, you know, everyone's very passionate and wants to change the world. So the challenge I always have, you know, sometimes other senior leaders say to me, oh, how do you know that you're we also all work remotely? And we always did before the, the pandemic. And sometimes I've been in stakeholder conversations with other charity CEOs or um, or just chatting to peers informally. And they're like, how can you how do you know you're if you if you're there three days a week and they work flexibly, how do you know that they're when they're working and how do you know like if it's enough um if they're only doing this amount of days or hours and I honestly have never had that problem it's more the problem is more supporting people to have boundaries and supporting people to work the hours they're paid for rather than working you know an extra day because they do an hour extra each day and that quickly adds up to you know half day extra so I think if you trust your employees to work part-time they'll still deliver tons of work and tons of output. So it's not about hours for me. It's about, you know, the output and the objectives and the goals you set people. And in my experience, you don't achieve, I don't think organisations achieve less when people work part-time. I think they just, they're just using their resources in a different way, in a smarter way. This was from episode 83. And last but not least, I wanted to bring to you a clip from Professor He Jung Chang, an expert in flexible working about guilt and use of time. Something that I want everybody to think about. When we think about time, we don't think about how limited it is. It's limited in that we all die at one point. Sorry, you know, (laughs) sorry to break the news to you, but we all die and we don't know. And they know some of us, it might not be very long. And there's only 24 hours a day and seven days a week, 365 days a year. So we really want to make sure that that limited amount of time is used effectively for, you know, again, that provides value, value to yourself, value to the company as well, but also value to society and your family as well. Once you start thinking about that and the limitedness of time, you realize how that, again, that performativeness of that long hours is really useless. And how also <laughs> for me, especially with a young child and I'm, I'm both moms and dads of young children, you know, like, Time is really limited when you have young children, because even if you do rely on a lot of childcare support, you do need to be there at certain times. And you do have a limited amount of time a day because you're just so in demand. So I started being really efficient per hour. So I really just focused on work when I was at work, but not worked in the evenings, especially knowing that when I did try to work in the evenings, I was unproductive during the day. And you realize that actually, Using that limited time and using it for a wide range of things and, you know, having hobbies, having a good night's sleep, making sure that you do spend that quality time with your family actually helps you being that productive person during that working day, working hours, and potentially more so than you trying to squeeze in a couple more hours over emails at night. And you had Alex Pang over as a podcast guest as well, and he's written a lovely book that I I really almost, you know encourage everybody to read rest which outlines 
the key factors in being very productive during the day, especially for those of us who are doing more than knowledge center work, creative work. These kind of brain activities do not just happen by you sitting in front of the computer for a long time. Actually, it's counterproductive. So a lot of the problem solving is only done if you were to, again, sleep well, have downtime and have what he likes to call deliberate rest, which I think is really important because your brain has a way of functioning that you do a lot of that problem solving in the background while you're doing something else. And I think, again, one of the things is you have to move your body for your brain to work. You have to be doing that emotional work for your cognitive abilities to work. I think we just tend to forget that. Mm. And I think it needs to be rest that is guilt-free, rest that you're really giving yourself permission to for it to be really restful. So I love that reminder, Hijang. Thanks for listening today. If this has been helpful to you, then please join our newsletter for practical tips and insight on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. If you are someone who believes in our mission and is keen to support other parents, then I would love for you to get involved. One way of doing so is to join some of our free events on leadersplus.org.uk. You'll see all the details there. And also, if you're very senior, then I would love for you to consider to apply to become a senior leader mentor. If you are a parent with kids between the ages of 0 and 11, definitely consider applying for our award-winning fellowship programme. In addition to our existing cross-sector fellowship, we are launching this autumn a version for parents in the NHS specifically who want to progress their careers, something I'm extremely excited about. And during the fellowship, you'll get access to inspirational role models who have experience of bringing up kids as progressing their careers, support with practical challenges such as workload, saying no, developing a vision and making a plan for career and family life in a way that works for you. You will also get access to research about what creates career progression and how you can apply this in your day-to-day life with all the busyness that having young kids brings. Um, Because I think most of us won't be able to, you might not be a regular at the pub anymore because it's not so easy to combine it with bedtime, but there are other ways of how you can advance your career in really meaningful ways. If money is a challenge, then please don't let that put you off. There are some hardship fund spaces available for those in financially challenging circumstances. And I was very keen from the start to make those available because I want the fellowship to be an option for a wide range of people. You can register on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash NHS fellowship. And the application deadline is 3rd of October 2022. Thank you very much for listening and see you next week.